Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people who invent calendars. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler. What did we watch? Cody, I'm so glad you asked. And I'm glad we live in a country where you can ask questions like that. All right. And, you know, what do we need to sustain a country like that? You know, we need a strong border. And that's why we're going to build a wall, Cody, and we're going to make <laughs> Russia pay for it. That's right. It's a wall between Alaska and Russia. Anyway, so to answer your question, Cody, we watched. That's right. It's the hit movie Silence. Did you get it? Did you get what I meant? That you What were, I went there? You were quiet when it was time to say silence. Silence. That's the yeah. name of the movie Silence. No, you did a great job. Tyler, <clears throat> I mean, let me give the synopsis on this oh, one. Oh, you, but okay. Oh, no, yeah, you can, you can go ahead. You can go. Cody. You. you know I'm just teasing you. Come on. Oh, Come on. Cody, don't you dare take this from me. You may look Do at it. this poster and you think <laughs> this is definitely a movie about Rasputin and him taking down the czars of Russia, but no. Of course, it's a movie about Qui-Gon Jinn, Spider-Man, and uh, Kylo Ren, and their hilarious adventures (laughs) in Edo-era Japan. All right, that's what it is, okay? I I can't. I've been thinking about this. When I I pop this movie on, because first off, I mean, obviously, I did this first. I put this on the list first off as a joke. Second off, because you asked me to. And third off, I started this guy, and I was like, you know what? I don't. I can't think of a time where we watched a more serious movie. <laughs> I was thinking about. I was like, this. There's no comic relief in this film. There's no, no silly no. bits. There's no. There's one time that was kind of funny when they, when they're like, "Here's your guide," and just like a drunk dude under the stairs. I was like, that was a little funny, <laughs> but yeah. like aside from that, you know, the movie is serious as a heart attack. And I'm just so glad we're here. <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> what we always do, just real serious movies. Oh, yeah. This is a Martin Scorsese films among Martin Scorsese films. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, if you're watching some Scorsese films, there's like, you know, the fun, happy bit, like in Goodfellas, and they're like, so much fun being a gangster. Am I right? Well, look at that. They'll just pop up a table for you in the restaurant. And, you know, there's Wolf of Wall Street where it's like, we're going to go on some crazy boat parties and, you know, we're having a good time before it gets bad. This movie, it starts off with someone being like, hey, this is a bad idea, but I'll let you do it. (laughs) And the whole movie's like, anyway, this is why it was a bad idea. Can I tell you my favorite of all these? And I feel like, oh, you know, Scorsese is such a genius. To have everybody just speak in their accent, whatever their normal speaking accent is, but Mm -hmm. insist and repeat multiple times that they're all speaking Portuguese and really make sure you understand that. No, no. Let me tell you, Cody, I live in an area with a lot of these Portuguese. All right. Mm. And you're going to think, Tyler, you fool. They're Brazilians. I'm going to say, how dare you, sir? We got them both. And you think, oh, they can both speak Portuguese. And it's kind of like 
you know, yes, but huh, no. All right. You know what I mean? It's different. Yeah. It's like it's kind of like if you put me in a room with the artful Dodger and tried to tell someone we were both speaking English. Yeah. It's like, well, no, not really. You, you put know? two people speaking heavily slanged American versus British English. We don't know what we're talking about. No one. We don't understand yeah. a word the other person if is you saying. Take a guy from like the deep heart of, you know, Alabama or something. And it's like, hey, I need you to have a conversation with this guy. And he's got just like a thick Cockney accent. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. And here's the thing, Cody. A lot of people, they're going to come out here and you say, why you always say British? Why don't we ever show the Australians love? And here's what I'll say. Australians are the better version of the British, okay? They <laughs> are, you can understand what they're saying by the way they say it. But the British, who knows what they're talking about, right? They're like, oh, well, that's a bit I of mean... a fig's uncle, isn't it? Isn't it? And you're like, what? I don't understand what you're talking well, about I right mean, now. I mean, Australia is just the wild west of, Eng you know, England, they were all, it's too small. They needed a wild west. So they're like, what about Australia? We'll make that our wild west. And, you know, we I love a good western, you know? Here's the thing. Australia, it's just a, it was just a prison, you know? Yeah. And we all know the coolest people, they go to prison. So. Yeah. It stands to reason they sent they I sent mean, all not only is it a prison for people and they abandoned that idea they decided to build a wall to make it a prison for dingoes they were like exactly. you know what these stupid dingoes are out here ruining our ideas about bringing in a whole a whole uh, uh in non-indigenous species let's build a wall for them you know who right. else out here is building a wall for native animals not to cross me the hubris of keep, these people i'm out here trying to keep these I animals mean, from crossing that bering sea land bridge again you don't know when that, that thing's would be like if up. i made a little fort in my neighborhood and was like all right we're putting all the squirrels in there you know it's like nope leave the squirrels alone they're doing fine this is their home yeah Ugh. Here's the thing. Anyway, Cody. no, no. Let me tell you about this. Okay, see, the British, what they did, right, is they came in and they were like, "All right, prisoners, guess what? You can get out if you go to America and make America great again, right?" And then we took America. We we're like, "Hey, Brits, suck it, and we're it's ours now." All right. And then Canada was like, "Hey, can we please have our country?" And they were like, "All right," you know. And so, but, but I guess before, I but don't that know. The French in Canada were like, <laughs> like, hold on, we still want to speak French. And the rest of Canada was like, oh, you're making this unnecessarily <sighs> difficult for the rest of us. But fine. French Canadians, when will you understand that French will never, France will never love you the way are there that. other countries that were, <laughs> are just like, have a, whole, you know, I mean, that I mean, would, <laughs> there are other countries about... that have just like one of their five states is like, nah, nah, we're French, today. you know, like we're oh, doing yeah. a different language over here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we... <laughs> we'll be part of your country, but um, I still want to identify as French. Uh, I mean, meanwhile, France is like, we did not sanction this and we don't think you're, you know, we got nothing to do with you. Here's a question for you. My, my good sir, have you ever been to Louisiana? Some could oh, argue. Only... Oh, I've been there. Some could argue the U.S. has that a little bit. Oh, I mean. And you okay. want to say, oh, no, no, you're going to compare the Cajuns to the French Canadians? I'll, I'll tell you, 
let me spit some gospel at you because I've been to both places, sir. You you done crossed the wrong picket line. I've been to no. Montreal. I've been to New Orleans. I've been to both, dude. Now, New Orleans. Here's what I love about Cajuns. They're like, what if we took French words <laughs> and that's it? <laughs> yeah. What if we just called stuff French that isn't French? They're like, that sounds like a really cool thing. That's the thing. You know? I was going to say is like, you know what? The only thing that f- the French hate more than the Quebecois. French Canadians. How dare yeah, you, sir? Huh? Is the Creoles, <laughs> the Cajun people? <laughs> and they're like, you took our language and just made it. Just didn't even try to do it right. Yeah. Um. Ugh. But here's the thing. Then they did the same thing with Australia, right? They're like, you guys go there and you're prisoners. And I feel like that's why, you know, I feel like Australia. We should just team up and invade England. Let's take them over. Let's enslave England. Everybody's out here race riots there's all this stuff you know and all that i feel like we can all join together if we just enslave all the white british people i'm not saying it's a good idea but here's what you're forgetting about australia number one they've got great nationalized health care number two people mostly just live on the beach like on the coasts of australia that's why they're so all get all these white people with health care and beaches and I think they don't even, they're like, do you want to go invade stormy old England? They're like, no, not really. But then we like take the English here. people and we have them build a bigger dingo wall. And I, I said. We took all the white people out of England and yeah. we just let all the like EU immigrants take over. And like, you know what? Yeah. The best thing about England is like the curry. So India we're reverse we're decolonizing you and we're giving you <gasps> oh that's England, a good you know point let's get india involved they would probably like some extra room you know they would be all i about mean it. how many people are there in india and you're really gonna tell me the brits are gonna be able to fight all them off i mean they couldn't that's why <laughs> i mean they've tried they tried real hard for a long I mean, time england's had it too good for too long look i know that they I had to deal you know scotland and england and wales and the romans and blah 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 right They've been invaded, but also it feels like it's been too long, you know? And I want to retract something I said earlier. I said the British, that includes the Scots and the Irish, and I just want to restate that as let's just do the English. Let's just the enslave English, the, yeah. English, the white English yeah. people. Let's, let's get them, you know? I agree. I feel like well, nothing bad has ever happened to them in their history. We got to get them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what about this? What's your hot take on the movie? I thought I liked it. I got some real World War, not World War C, <laughs> yes. Lost City of Zed vibes, which I was like, ooh, Cody hates this movie. Oh, all right. I didn't even think about Lost City of Zed. Okay, dude. Oh, man. Okay, I got to hold on. Let's pause the podcast so I can rewrite my whole thesis on this because <laughs> I got thoughts on Lost City of Zed, dude. Didn't we do uh, that? Well, look, movie? No, I watched it though. Ooh, I watched it and had the highest of hopes. Anyway, and I um, liked it. And it was I loved like, it. I loved it every minute right. of it. It was so good. It was all right. Um I'll tell you, I do like this movie. It's a toughen. It's a longin. And I have it's here's what I like about it. It's there's a lot to talk about with this movie, and I've got to talk to no one about it because did you know nobody's seen this movie? I know two people that have seen this movie. You are now the third. So I know three people that have seen this movie. It's been out for eight years. 
it's by perhaps the most famous working director in Hollywood. And I know three people that have seen it. So, I mean, I've wanted you know, to see I'm gonna it. I'm going to be able to get a, a lot time. off my chest. A whole lot. So, you know. Do you want to just, Cody? Yeah. So does that mean? Yeah. Do you want to just yes, 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 hop yes, on my mud yes. cart and just go into the mud fields of, <laughs> there's a lot of mud is what I'm saying, Cody. And it's deep mud. <laughs> the mud fields of uh, Spoiler mud Town. Hop <laughs> on my mud cart. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here for it. Tyler, look, I are you feeling bold or you want You seem like you got me? like you're looking down at notes. You seem Tyler, rearing to go. No, I've I'm like, been I'm looking down at the game. But I've oh. been <laughs> I've had notes burning in my skull for 7 years since I first saw this movie. So I mean, I can go first, but I don't have to by any means, you know? I mean, I've been going first a lot. I mean, I can go first. Don't get me wrong. Right. I just finished the movie. Not too long. Tyler, no, no. I can do this and watch the game at the same time. Let me. <laughs> it's not like the more of the game is going to be it's over if you over, wait. Dude. They're about a, I mean, they're about a below this. They already threw an interception. They're done. These boys are toasted. To keep this evergreen, don't worry. I won't say who's playing, but I will say they're about to lose, and you won't be surprised. Here I go. Tyler, 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 silent. I mean, I was watching this and I was like, how are we going to make a podcast about this? This movie, I mean, there's very little to poke fun at. This thing is dork. It gets dork fast. It starts dork and it stays dork. And, you know, but it's fine. Here's something interesting. Did you know this movie was the only non-Best Picture nominee to be nominated for Best Cinematography that year? That's interesting. That was the only thing it was nominated for, but you know, it was a it was a pretty good movie. You know, the scenery just fantastic. Whoever scouted out these locations, which I think is actually in Thailand, I think. Anyway, they did a great job. It was beautiful. It's just some beautiful scenery. A lot of just some beautiful mountains for dirty people to hide in holes in. So I mean, kind of a waste, right? A little bit of a waste, but it's fine. Um, yeah, this movie is fascinating. Here's what's interesting about it. It's a faith-based movie. It's Martin Scorsese's third faith-based movie. Gosh, it's hard. He did Temptation of Christ. He did, I forget the name of it, but it's about the Dalai Lama. And uh, then he did this one. So I can't think of another Hollywood director that's out here making spiritual movies or like church movies. You know, normally you get a church movie and it's like Darla's ring and it's about darla and her promise ring and why her saying no to you know premarital sex saved her life you know and it's like it's fine it's whatever you know fireproof those kind of movies they're not good but they're good enough that like people that are really religious are like have you seen this the best movie ever made they talk about jesus in it which is why it's the best movie ever made anyway so this one it's about jesus but like I don't know. It's a Hollywood movie that's faith-based and it's got Jedis in it. I mean, they're not Jedis in the movie, but they're people that play Jedis. So it's just fascinating. And um, what I love about this movie is the theology of it. It is a fascinating study of, like, faith. Also, it's like, it, right, it's not a true story, but it's absolutely grounded in true history. So that's really fascinating about it. And, you know, you, there's a lot to learn from it. Um, you know, I think the big lesson is 
if you like religion, don't like it so much that you persecute people, because that's bad, you know? If you're going to do a crusade or do a genocide or a persecution of a, another religious group, then think twice, you know? You're not really, you're doing a bad job, you know? If you want to be a good person, don't be a bad person. That's what I have to say. So anyway, I like the movie, but it's hard to watch. It is easily, I mean, it's probably the longest movie I've ever seen. And it's Martin Scorsese, right? He's made longer movies. But this movie, because it's just, it's grueling. It's brutal, it's slow, and it's long. And all those things combined make it feel longer than it is, you know? It is weird that they're Portuguese and they make a big deal about it. Because they also could have just rewrote it a bit and been like, hey, they're English or they're whatever, and it's fine. But also, like, Benicio Del Toro was supposed to be in this originally, and then he wasn't. Because this movie took, like, 30 years to make. Because obviously, you know... Nobody wants to make this, and it's hard to make, uh, so yeah. But he made it. Marty, he did it. Not only did he make it, he screened it at the Vatican. <laughs> so he premiered it to a bunch of priests, you know? And it's interesting. The Jesuit priests are fascinating because they're like super priests, you know? They're like scholar priest dudes, really interesting guys. They invented the modern calendar, which is great. And so that's really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was just, and like, I'll I'll spill some beans here. Something you guys already knew. But uh, I was a missionary for two years. So like, yeah, it's interesting to see a, a movie about missionaries, but also missionaries that go somewhere where they are very much not welcome and also are breaking the law to be there and also get tortured and persecuted because they're there. So really interesting. Oh, so depressing, you know? Here's the thing. I saw this with my friend Jeff. Shout out Jeff. Jeff and I made short films in high school, and he was in town when this movie came out. I don't know why this movie's playing in my hometown. These movies never play in my hometown, so we saw it. It's kind of interesting because I feel like his take was kind of like, oh yeah, it's like a, it's like saying being religious is bad kind of thing, or like it's saying having faith is bad. So as a religious person, I'm like, I don't think that's how I read the movie. But like the movie goes so back and forth about it, and you see so many ugly parts of religion. That's what's kind of interesting. I have a great quote about it I'll share later. But um, yeah, Marty, whoo, what a weird dude, you know? People snorted cocaines out of people's butts in the movie he made before. Oh, all right, Cody, we're going to need it. No, we're going to need to cut you off there, all right? You uh, uh, you went over the was, line, all right? I was just getting to the good stuff. No, no, you know? no, 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 no. How do you no. make that and then this? That's well, what I want. Well, he was going to make this after Gangs of New York, just to give you a little tease of the... <sighs> Yeah, there's a lot of debauchery in that one, too. Oh, well. Also, Liam Neeson's in that one, too. You know what? We could have had Daniel Day-Lewis. But anyway, Cody, I'm going to need you to shush. I'm going to get into it. Okay? Don't read the trivia while you, I, I, I did my reading game. the trivia. I already read all the trivia. Don't read it. I got I'm it ready. Doing it. All right, now you I read shush. I while now. I watched this movie shush, for the second time. Shush. They lost the game, by the way. Oh, no shush. I've got my finger and my cursor on your lips, just shushing you so gently. All right, Cody, here we go. So here's the thing, okay? I here's what I thought this movie as we were as I was about, you know, a full movie into this movie. So about halfway through, I thought, ooh, this has got some potential to get racist real fast. You know, that's all I could think about. I was like, oh, are we gonna do this? You know, but here we go, Cody. Let's talk about it. You know. They're Japanese, Cody. It's messed up. All right. 
Here's the thing, Cody. This is like right when they were getting real, uh, you know, they're getting real uh, isolationist. Fun fact, I just like read a bunch of like right before we decided to do this movie or right before the device spat this movie out. I actually watched like a whole documentary and a bu- read a bunch of articles and stuff about this era of Japan. Just because it came up and I was like, oh, that seems interesting about them going hyper isolationist. Fun fact, this is seen as a very like. Uh, you know, positive time by some people, you know, because they're super isolationist and they focused on art and culture and torturing white people, you know, and uh, people that didn't. Here's the thing. All right, let's sit here. Let's talk about Cody. Let put your feet up, lean back. Let's talk about Buddhism. All right. When your religion is based on a guy that specifically was like, don't worship me and you worship him, I feel like I have to say not to call out an entire major religion, but that's weird, right? Now, I understand a lot of people, they would say, well, we don't worship Buddha. We worship the ideas of Buddha. But you have giant statues of the Buddha, which I believe is the proper way to refer to the Buddha. Um, and I understand the aspirational one. I understand the tenets of Buddha, you know, get to the, you know, become like him. It's he was a man. He became the Buddha. You can do that, too, if you try and you do your stuff and uh, all that but it wasn't one of the things that you're specifically not supposed to <laughs> make things of him but you know everyone does anyway you know it's weird it's all i'm saying here's the thing about this cody it drove me nuts there first off oh we got a skinny kylo ren let's talk about the big boy we got in the star wars movies skinny boy in this movie Half of those trivia facts look me in the eyes and tell me if I'm wrong. Half of them were saying how many pounds each of the actors lost to be in this freaking movie. I think Martin Scorsese, I think he's just starving his actors. I think Martin Scorsese, he's just a serial killer. All right. And he kidnaps and starves people. And if you survive his crazy dungeon, you get to be in a movie by, by him. All right. Here's my thing. All right. They they played around with it a lot. The will they won't they right with the Liam Neeson with the with the Qui-Gon Jinn. Will they won't they? You know, is he? But I feel like when he pops up, spoilers, he betrayed them. All right. He betrayed the Jedi Order. Okay. And I feel like when he came in, they were just like, yeah, no, it was never in question. But I'm like, but I feel like you set it up like, oh, my, is he did he did he go? And did he betray the faith or did he not? You know, like, what is he still alive? Did he die? You know, you made it like this whole ambiguous thing. And then you made then you tried to be like, idiot. He's been alive the whole time. And I said, no, Martin, you're an idiot. Fight me, Scorsese. I will fist fight you in a parking lot tonight. All right. That's what I'm saying to you right now. Okay. here's the thing. These Jesuits. All right. We always hear about the Jesuits. You know, the Jesuits. Here's why they're not as cool as the other pre- the other monks and priests, right? Because they never brewed beer, okay? And I don't like, I can't trust an order of monk priests dudes that didn't brew beer, okay? Also, I, you know, it's like, oh, they're Portuguese. I think it, it's fine, right? Because that was the big deal, right? That's, I think, where a lot of the people that went there for, because, you know, Japan, they had very limited trading part- partners. And I was like, you know, I feel like a very it's a very Martin Scorsese thing, right? To say like, oh yeah, everybody is this thing. They're all speaking this language, but they're all speaking English in an English accent. So who or an American accent? So who cares? 
but they're all speaking Portuguese. You know, get over it. You want to read subtitles the whole time? Get a- No, you don't. You know, what do you think this is? Europe? Get over yourself. All right. And so I, you know, I didn't mind it. It made sense in the history, but I'm like, you know, the here's what I thought the whole time. I was like, you know, Martin, I feel like this is going over people's heads, which isn't that whole Martin Scorsese's whole thing is it's like his movies. It's like everybody pretends to understand them because they'd be smart, but then no one understands them. Oh, Tyler, I'm going to have to cut you off right there. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, I don't know. He's fascinating. I was looking through his filmography. Scorsese is all over. I mean, it is so weird that he's made these like faith-based movies. Now, really strange. Here's and one like, thing. Yeah. I felt like this movie... I feel like you could argue that this movie, the way that it's told, the story is told, isn't even necessarily like a faith base. It almost tries to frame it in more of like a philosophical, like a different philosophies, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the argument of them, which I, here's the thing with the Japanese. Japanese, you know what you did. You know what you did 400 years ago, okay? Hmm. You came into that room and you argued philosophy when you're torturing people to death. The Japanese, here's what I want to know. Japan, come closer, okay? Come in, come in here. Come closer. I know we're going to have at least one person from Japan stumble upon this, get five seconds in, bump off. But maybe they'll get this far. Maybe they'll understand English. I want to know. Why? Why? Not, you know, some people be like, why are you so evil or whatever in the back in the day? And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you that. I'm going to ask you this question. Why do you go so hard on everything? <laughs> like let's examine Japan when they go bad guy. They're so bad guy. The Yakuza is one of the scariest international criminal organizations in the world. All of Japanese well, culture is, t- it's like they t- look whatever they're going to do and they dial it up to 50 and snap the knob off and then throw the knob at you. Well, it's also Why? true of like the artisans in Japan too, where it's like, oh, you want me to collect <laughs> collect sea salt? I'm going to make it an art. And I'm, <laughs> you know, you're like, hold on. This is, you know, and soy sauce and like, I don't know. But, There's like all such like, artisans there like the food wise but also like architecture wise and art wise we're like you guys do you need remember? a hobby i don't know <laughs> do you remember know how this like trade of yours is your whole life but it is insane how good you are at it you know do you remember when it came out that it was a big hobby in japan to do the soup to make the the tinfoil balls and polish them to like oh no do you know about this i've seen it like right i've seen the picture of people turning it into a thing i didn't know it was like a it started out as in japan and it was just like a thing because i think it's you know because if you think about it it's an incredibly cheap hobby that you get a lot of hours out of right it doesn't take a lot of space Mm. and it is very hand artisan type thing right because you're doing Mm -hmm. this thing with your hands and i just thought it's so weird and then america was like the rest of america was like tyler you're an idiot this is awesome and i was like i know it is but i'm not gonna do it that takes forever (laughs) yeah yeah i mean they go hard in the paint and i really you know it's great when it's uh not war 
Look, I don't think they're going to go hard on war again. I feel like getting two nukes dropped on you really takes the fight out of a country for the rest of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Cody, I don't know if you've seen these movements online, but there's some stuff kicking off in other parts of the country. And everybody's like, look, I have the solution. Let's nuke Japan again. And I'm like, look, it has solved the issues in the past. But look at them. They're so adorable. You can't do it to them. All right. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, we could try it. So I got I got so many notes, Tyler. No, Let's you talk don't. about this. Are any of them um, about nuking Japan again? Because I just want to say no, it's an I mean, option, but I more, feel like it's a if you've got bad more option. To do it. Okay. Then let's not. Let's agree not to. Let's make a pinky promise that you and me, we're not going to drop any nukes on Japan. And we'll give them Japan as a sign that we will never nuke you again. We will give you pachinko parlors. Much like God gave the rainbow to promise he would never flood earth. We give you pachinko parlors as our promise. Tyler, let's what? talk about this movie. Okay. Here's the fun bits I can get to. First off, the Inquisitor. This man, straight out of a cartoon. This man <laughs> walked out of a cartoon and into a Scorsese film, and Martin Scorsese looked him in the face and said, this is the man who will portray my villain. And I don't... It's one of those things where he's such an atrocious person. It's fine, and it works. But also, what? He's got a silly voice. He's a villain with a silly voice, and it, there's no way around it. Because they start the movie with people being tortured, you can't laugh, but he does have a silly voice. Furthermore, I mean, flies hate this guy. Well... Technically, they love him. No one else in this movie is having a problem with flies. And then he's out here like, I have a fan for beating off flies and hitting people when they try to help me up. And that's what he uses it for. So, you know, I mean, explain that to me. I mean, for, I mean, the guy's, uh, I think, a well-known Japanese actor. And I feel like, here's the thing. I feel like there's a certain... I'm not going to say it's like a character. It's a certain age. I almost feel like of Japanese actors where they all sound like that. And it's like, it sounds racist, but it's how you sound. So I'm, am I racist? Are we racist for thinking it's racist that he is such a caricature? But then does that make, are then are the caricatures not racist if they're based on those guys? Well, let's talk about this because he's the only one. There's a bunch of other dudes in this movie and but no you one's can't, doing it. Give me the classic. I mean, that one guy. Who's the guy that plays his little henchman? You know, his little translator. The dude? Translator guy. Oh, he's I mean, he's what name a movie with Japanese people that's made by an American that doesn't have this guy in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Talk about this man. Just sexy voice. You know, that's what he's mm -hmm. that's what he has. I feel like that in Japanese actors, it's either the deep, sexy voice or you're a cartoon character with abnormally thin teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is there I, an in-between? Or is there just not an in-between that makes it over here? I blame anime. Anime's yeah, I, ruined yeah. dramatic performances for Japanese actors. I mean, that's not true, but I've seen some great Japanese movies. Uh, First Love is a good one. That's a good one. Um, so I don't know, man. It's all anime and soap opera over there and, you know, J-pop, you know, and that's 
That's just how it is now, you know? Let me ask you something. Yeah. Actually, here's the thing. All right. I need you to do something for me. Okay. I am going to text my my wife, and I would like you to text your wife. No. Ask her, is Adam Driver attractive? Oh, we just had this conversation last night. Yes, um, because of Kylo Ren. I think if he never was Kylo Ren, he wouldn't be hot. But he, he wears those high pants and the big pecs, and it won everyone over. So He's I can boy. tell you without asking, yes, he is. Now, let me ask you, Cody. Yeah. He's a flip-flopper is what's hard. You know, like, he's got his moments, but also not, you know? Yeah. I love his marine picture. <laughs> he looks like a freaking goblin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. You know, as a as a man, as a straight man appreciating the beauty of another man, you know, yeah. I got to go for the emotions of it all, you know? I'm not out mm. here like these women thirsting after his looks. And, you know, he just seems like a good guy. Oh, we have this. Look, we're just having the same conversation Ben and I had last night. But as a dude, seems like a great dude. And like, I, I would, would love to hit it. I'd build a life you know, with that man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Would you build a life with Andrew Garfield? I mean, he also seems like a good dude, but he also... I mean, I Adam feel Driver. like he'd be disappointed in me a lot. That's I don't know why. I just feel like I'd get the it's like the British. It's the Britishness, you, you know? know. I don't like that he's yeah. British. I feel I can be he's, myself around. He's not American, British, you know, but he is British. Andrew Garfield. He's born in L.A. His dad's American. His mom's British, but he's British. Not British, though. But he's if has, one of your like, parents is British, then you were British. And like, it just is But like, I feel like. You know, if I just walked up behind him and I said, hey, man, and he would whip around and be like, hey, man, and he would just not have an accent. And I'd be like, are you Andrew Garfield? And he'd be like, oh, yes, I'm Andrew Garfield. You know, and he'd switch on a bad British <laughs> accent. You know, I'd be right, like, yeah. I know I got you, fool. You don't have an accent. It's fake. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Um, I did want to say that translator dude gave a great performance. Oh, like, he's a treasure. I like it. I a mean, lot. to contrast silly voice man with serious voice man and like their different techniques of like messing with Andrew Garfield, I was like, yeah, these guys, it's it was a good one two punch. But I, I thought the translator guy was like carrying those scenes. He was doing a great job. I have expected it to be like him, it be like, oh no, a cartoon guy. Um, is not actually the, the guy, you know, mm. he's not actually the inquisitor. It is the, the, the interpreter yeah, is the inquisitor mm. and it's just, this guy's just kind of there to be like, you know, like really go the, the whole like Rosal fake Rosal ghoul and Batman kind of thing. Right. Which the also Liam features Liam Neeson. Isn't that fun? Yeah. It's a shared it's universe really. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, this movie's got a lot of torture in it, which is great. It's my favorite um, part. It goes, yeah, it goes hard. And um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the characters are very interesting, right? They choose to go try to, like, help the church out to find their old friend. It's pretty, it doesn't take too long for them to kind of get found out when they're like, hey, these people are going to come question us. And, like, the people are looking to them for answers. I thought it was, like, right away you kind of see... Adam Driver is getting kind of 
hopeless, you know, and frustrated. Andrew Garfield's kind of the rock for a little bit. But then when the people come out and they're like, hey, they're going to ask us to like trample on Jesus, you know, this image of Jesus. And is it okay? You know, and Andrew Garfield's like, look, if it's, it's okay, like you can do it. And Adam Driver's like, what are you talking about? Don't do it. Like whatever you do, don't do it. And like their paths diverge because they get, you know, they have to go their separate ways. And then Andrew Garfield like deals with that question the rest of the movie, you know, like, is it okay to do it to save your life? Is it okay to do it ever? Um, and it takes a long time for him to like succumb. But let me ask you this. <clears throat> um, there's a part in the movie right before he gets snatched by mm-hmm. the Inquisitor where he's looking in, you know, he's looking in the water and then he sees Christ's reflection in the water. And then he laughs and then he gets caught. And then right before he decides to trample on Jesus he hears his voice speaking to him and says like, Hey, it's okay. Like this is, you know, anyway, he, he said, he tells him it's okay. Do you believe he was having like a true religious experience or was he having some sort of like an, an hallucination? Well, it's a, it's interesting that you say that, you know, being me and the you know type of person I am, right? Like, if this was like a real account, like, right. I would be like, Oh, I feel like that's a religious experience, but I have a theory about this movie. That's going to blow your mind wide open. And it's going to make the movie a million times better. Okay. So weasel man, I don't think he reappeared. He fell down, he hit his head and then he hallucinated him. The rest of the movie. Kichiro. Kichiro. Interesting. But, the Dutch guy at the end talks about Kichiro uh-huh. in his account. Yeah. He talks about a servant named Kichiro, which I, you know, guy could have had a different mm. servant and just like. Yeah. But I was like, how many times? That's interesting. But I think at least some of the times yeah, that he, he does was there. Yeah, he head immediately and then he bumps into Kichiro and the yeah. Kichiro keeps following him everywhere he goes. Yeah. And that's when he starts seeing like he sees the reflection and he starts hearing the voice in his head more often. And so like, that's kind of what I thought. And it's like, maybe Kichiro sometimes is there for real, but I was like, I thought that it came across as how much of this is actually happening. Mm. I thought that a few times, which I think if I was directing the movie, Martin, let me give you some advice. I, uh, I probably wouldn't, I would have said, you know what? We're going to diverge from the source material here a little bit. Hmm. And I'm going to remove that reference that solidifies Kichiro in some way being a real character at the end. Because he was real in the yeah. beginning, but him reappearing. Right. Yeah, that, that that is interesting. Well, part of the reason I ask is I, when I saw it with my friend, who isn't religious, he was like, oh, yeah. And then he hallucinates. So I was like, oh. I didn't take it that way, but as a religious person, like I'm prone to be like, right, like miracles can happen, right? And so for me, it was like a moment for him to get like some reassurance or strength, but he does, right? He does like laugh and have kind of a weird, you know, reaction to it. Um, So I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. And the movie does kind of pit, right? Catholicism versus Buddhism just because of like the nature of the shoguns at the time who like mandated that line be drawn, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and, and on such a weird basis and such a you know such an aggressive response to it if you just look back at you know like how what yeah. the reasonings for it was and I mean, there. I mean, in reality, the reasonings for it was they were concerned about foreign influence. They were concerned that, you know, things like foreign trade and Christianity and all that would erode their control over their people, and so right. that's why they yeah. shut it down. So it really had nothing to do with. I mean, there's a. I think kind of like today, the majority religion in, um, Japan is no religion. It's atheists or mm-hmm. like agnostic, right? It's like nothing. You know, that's like. 67 percent of people in japan and And i've heard a lot of people too that have served in some of those countries that are like right and people who are christian kind of like say it to be cool but it's kind of you know they're very much like oh yeah i'm christian and that's kind of the end of it you know or it's like Mm -hmm. right don't have a lot of teaching or a lot of like don't really go to church you know i don't know yeah i mean it's like when i looked it up the religions it's a one point something million christians in japan and like our church is listed on there as like one of the major and it's got one hundred thirty thousand active members and it's like mm. okay so it's probably not it's probably mostly i mean like it is in the states like mostly catholics that go to church maybe once a year yeah you know um and uh you know but like it was just it's so interesting right that like their concern was the philosophy right because that's what so many eastern religions are they're they're not really religions like if you look at most of them it's not really a religion it's a it's a philosophical like teaching set mm-hmm. you know but it's treated like a religion because i mean it does the same stuff a religion does so it's the same thing essentially but it's not like like i don't think if you think in a certain sense like buddhism and taoism and all that i don't think have a god that you pray to it's just like a set of morals that you live by in a set yeah. of right there's a lot like shinto i think which is yeah that's uh, the one is very nature based which they yeah. talk about a lot in when liam neeson enters the picture he's like hey when they're talking about the son of god like there's no word for this it's the same as the word for the sun you know like in the sky and it's interesting yeah which i thought that was an interesting thing right because he was like in the same thing where he was like Oh, finding our base nature and them. It's like, oh, it's like almost like finding God. But in the same breath that he's like, oh, they're too. It's almost like in the same sentence, he was like, they're too primitive to understand our religion. But also they're so much more advanced than us that they can't understand our primitive religion. And I feel like that in and of itself is a very European Western mindset of Eastern Mm -hmm. peoples and native peoples of oh, you're too stupid to understand this. So it's not even worth it, you know, which Cody, let me tell you. I was just on this, Tiffany. We watched Moana. Let me tell you about this movie. All right. Not really about the movie, but these people, you know, these historians, if you ever think historians, they know what they're talking about. They looked at like the Hawaiians and the Tongans and they're like, these people can't make things that can go on the ocean. Let me say it again. They looked at the Hawaiians and said, <laughs> these people can't navigate the ocean. Uh-huh. And I say to you, we trust these people. We trust these people to know what they're talking about. We mm-hmm. trust Liam Neeson mm. to protect us, to mm. find us when we're taken, to 
to control the wolf population <laughs> and to inform us on native uh, seafaring capabilities. And I just don't think it's, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I hear it. Well, yeah, that's the thing too is like, well, that's what's so frustrating about like watching a torture movie. Um, but like, you have these shoguns that are like, yeah, no, this gospel doesn't work here, you know? It just doesn't, you know, you got a tree someplace, but somewhere else might not do good, you know? But at the same time, right, and Garfield's like, the church was doing great before you guys outlawed it and persecuted all these people, you know? And um, even, like, Liam Neeson's like, yeah, they can't comprehend it, you know? Anyway, I'm writing a takedown book, and you're like, stop. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> if the religion doesn't work, then it doesn't work. You can't go out here and say, anyway, I slandered it all, and now uh, it's bad. And you're like, well, what? which is it? Is it bad, or do you have to, you know, take it down and, you know, like... I don't know. So, so that was interesting, but I like, um, well, I, some of the allegories are interesting. Like as a Jesuit priest, Andrew Garfield's like, we asked for like trials or sacrifice. We asked to have experiences to prove our faith. Like you had, like Christ had, you know, and, and he is sold for silver right before he's taken, you know, like he sees Christ's face in his own reflection is literally sold for the price of silver and then is taken away to be tormented, you know? So, so that is interesting, right? That he does have to undergo and watch people undergo like crucifixion, like punishments, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, which all that is like, they did that stuff for a reason, right? It was very like, I mean, it was a, it very much like, you know, a modern day kind of psychological warfare thing. Right. And that's the other thing is like, you know, if this is the lengths you got to go through to get people to stop going to your church, then like, I don't know, just ship the people somewhere else. I don't know. (laughs) Just like, is there a more humane way to go about this? This is so brutal. I mean, it's awful to watch. Look, you know, you can ask anybody in in Asia, you know, like. Are the Japanese nice people? Most of them, I feel like, unless they're Japanese, will say no. Um, you know, they're not like the Americans, which are very nice. Cody, I don't know if you knew this. Hmm. Part of what I looked up was how, how this period of Japan ended. You want to hazard a guess of what happened to end this period in Japan? World War Two? No, sir. So here's what happened, Cody. Let me, (laughs) so it's what happened. Uh, an American captain, uh, or like a admiral or something was like, I'm going to make Japan trade with us, took an American fleet, went over there, met with them and was like, hey, I'm so happy that we're going to be trading from now on. And then like signaled the ships and had them like fire several barrages in celebration, like right next to to like Tokyo or whatever the capital was at the time. Yeah. And then he's like. Right? We're going to be trading partners now, right? Aren't you so excited? Fire another barrage. And that's how it happened. And then their whole government collapsed. And I was like, wow. you know, but it lasted for a long time. But it was, it is funny to think like they were, you know, you can look at them as like, man, why are you so brutal? But the second they like were like, all right, fine, we'll meet with you. They were like, all right, cool. So you're going to let us in all the way or we'll kill all of you, you know? Yeah. So like, to some extent, you're like, well, maybe you were on to something with your super aggressive isolationist stuff. Yeah. Well, that's but maybe it was effective. I'll give them that. Maybe hanging people upside down 
with a little slit in their neck so they don't die from the blood rush in their I head is a little it's brutal. It's so funny because when they hung up, I was like, "Don't you? Wouldn't you die in like fifteen minutes from being like hung upside down like that?" Listen. And then he was like, "Anyway, they put a little slice in your neck so you don't bleed out too bad." I was like, "Well, this is crazy. Not bleed out, but you know, so you don't, so you lose enough blood that it doesn't." I was like, "This is insane. This is crazy. What are we doing here?" Look, they're creative people. Okay, you know, it's wild. I they're- mean, they're pouring hot water on people. They tie people up in rugs, Listen. rug mats, so they can't, they can be drowned easily. Like, what is this? They whatever. And know you know what what's doing. crazy about the whole thing is you they deca- they also decapitate someone with a big old samurai sword. So oh. it's like, isn't this an easier way to do all? You guys are going through so much work to kill these people, but you just showed us how you could just do that. You know. I get it. It's about the psychological warfare and the torture, and you gotta, you know, you gotta show the people you get punished for doing the thing you don't want them to do. But also, it's so much effort. Why are you putting all your effort into this? Couldn't, couldn't, don't you have other better stuff to do? Nah. I mean, what else are they gonna do? I don't know. I do think Nintendo not around yet. You know, (laughs) they, you know uh almost soon you know almost but they you know it was nintendo came into the picture you know it was a feudal japan was yeah they were done i uh yeah i don't know i I, mean the philosophy and religious message of the movie is just fascinating um i think there's a really interesting quote so i I read i skimmed through a quick like vulture article from hunter harris about the movie mm -hmm. um Really interesting. So he says, the movie is hard for religious people because it subverts some of the genres. This is actually a Martin Scorsese quote, but it's from this guy's article. Martin explains he's talking about Scorsese. And it's hard for non-religious people because it demands that you see everyone's faith with complexity. This isn't the fake spirituality of if you believe in God, everything turns out great. This movie says you can believe in God, but bad things might still happen. And then it asks, what do you do with that faith? So I thought, yeah, it's it doesn't give anyone like an easy answer, an easy break to it, um, but it shows like some very faithful people going through terrible times. But like, do they ever truly let go of their faith? And that's what I think is kind of interesting, like because Andrew Garfield does give it up. Right. And he does it because he hears the voice of Jesus Christ telling him that this is his path and what needs to happen. Um, uh, and, but then later, right, he says, I forget exactly when in the movie he says this, but he's like, your silence, like, it wasn't silent at all, your voice. And, like, he, looking back, he's like, no, like, I, he's like, even if I had never believed, I still would have seen, you know, like, I would have had faith through everything in the world. Which I thought was interesting, right, because you... There are some scriptures in our faith that talk about like all things testify of Christ, you know, like you can see God anywhere. So I thought that was interesting that he he talks about that. And there's this long period where he has given up Christianity and is there as a consultant to, you know, check imports for Christian symbols and does all this stuff. Um, And like there's a point where he kichiro who it may or may not be real is like hey i need to confess because every time kichiro denies the faith he wants to come back and say hey i, I you know i want to make amends and i want to be forgiven you know yeah and 
Um, so there's another version of this movie in the 70s, which I guess didn't have the same ending of the book. And I think this one, it's mentioned it was a little closer to the book. But I think mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese might have taken the liberty of adding, like, right, that at the very end during the cremation, he has the little cross that he was given by some of the villagers at the start of the movie. Yeah. So it's, and, and there's some other, like, things, right, where, like, he's talking to Liam Neeson and he's like, what does he say? our lord something something and he's like yeah. hey you said our lord you know and he's like i'm sure it was a mistake right and he walks away and and he vanishes because he died in that moment um yeah yeah i mean i liked those moments because i think you know there was you know the even though there was liam neeson's character there to try to you know be like hey just betray everything you've dedicated your life to and slander it. But then there were like moments where, you know, you could see like he's been sitting there like doing that job before Spider-Man came along and he misses like one, you know, and he gives him like a look and everybody kind of looks at him like, what are you, what are you doing? Why, why did you miss that? You know? And you, I thought that I did a good job of like planting the seed of like, Oh, like has he kind of silently been like every, like, one in like 10 things I'm just going to let through, you know, like the stuff that's pretty well hidden, but I know it's Christian. I'm going to let it through. Whereas you get Andrew Garfield where he's like, Oh no, that's Christian. But then he, even he has a moment where then you're like, Oh, maybe he started doing that once, Mm. once, uh, once, uh, Qui-Gon was gone, you know? Yeah. Once he became a forest ghost. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I liked a lot of the ambiguity of the whole movie and everything of like, um, you know, did they really give up their faith or did they just kind of do what they needed to, to survive to. Well, and you know, that's what's interesting because part of it is survival, right? Like Kichiro, yeah. it always was to survive. Yeah. But then Liam Neeson and Andrew Garfield, like the day that he abandons the faith, even Liam Neeson's like, look, I can, you can save all these people. And like, that is like the thing that finally breaks him. Right. And part of it is the voice he hears. Right. Mm -hmm. But it is like, right. It's a chance for him to be a savior to people and say, Hey, their suffering isn't, isn't needed. And I can relieve them of it. And you know, as much as like, it's flawed logic because right. It's not, God isn't inflicting punishment on them. It's a Shogun. A Shogun has said, Hey, we're doing the torture and we're telling you that we'll only stop the torture if you do this thing, you know? So it's, that's another like it's like okay obviously none of this torture needs to happen this is your choice to do it but you're saying it's on me right anyway so he finally does like let that go um but right it's that's also part of him relating to the savior you know yeah of being a savior in that way um yeah so i don't know really interesting i think martin scorsese said the movie is about the necessity of belief fighting the voice of experience, you know? So it's like he's going through all these difficult things and then he ends up having to be like an ambassador against Christianity, but he still has, you know, his belief fighting against those things that he has to deal with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I thought just like, yeah, the analogies of they make of like, well, look, Buddhism works here, but you're thinking, which is also interesting, right? Cause Buddhism came over from, elsewhere in asia right yeah so 
I don't know. So, so that's just kind of interesting too, because I think Shinto is like the OG Japanese religion, right? Like, I don't know. So, yeah, I see. yeah, I, I just like the whole, India, you know, so. nothing grows in a swamp thing was interesting. And um, lastly, what a great way to get a family. Someone <laughs> dies or is executed, and they're like, "Hey, just slide right into that." Sp- I mean, hey. It's a good way to, I think it's a good system. I know a lot of single people. When someone dies or is murdered by the state or put in prison, I think you should have like a little lottery and be like, hey, you get, or like maybe like a hinge, like a dating app where it's like, my husband was murdered and you get a swipe on a few people and find a good match to slide in and take a spot, you know? Cody, I just love that. Like, hey, and it's not even that too. It's like, you can have his wife, you can have his kids, you can have his estate. Also, you get his name. So that's... (laughs) (laughs) Like <laughs> it's everything. Let me tell you like, something. Here's his underwear. Yeah. Here's his name. <laughs> this is you now. You and the the Japanese Bureau of getting busy or whatever they're called. <laughs> you know, I feel like it's a match made in heaven. You know, like they really. I recently got what is obviously like a bot post from them about they're trying to import people now. In these people, they are so like where it's like a whole Instagram account that just got thrown up to me about like <laughs> dating in Japan, and I'm like, first off, Japan and Instagram, I'm married, sir, and I'm not gonna move to Japan, especially since the meme that you first showed me was how much it sucks to date in Japan. Yeah, but uh, here's the thing: they uh, they do these things where they're trying to get all these young people together. So, Japanese person that's probably still around, hopefully, start getting busy because you know there's not enough Japanese people, and you know that's that's my other favorite phrasing in this movie when he's like, "Yeah, Liam Neeson's out here living as a Japanese." (laughs) It's like, (laughs) is that how we say that? (laughs) Living as a Japanese man or no? Just a a Japanese. All right, great. Sure, that's yeah. sounds wrong, but I guess you said it three times in a row, so now it, it sounds right in my brain. Cody, right, as you said earlier, you served a mission. You knew some people who spent two years in another country as a teenager, you know? Yeah. That now claim to be that ethnicity, so you know how it right. is. You know how yeah. it is with these missionaries. I mean, if if the good people of Montreal can claim to be French, can <laughs> identify as French, then why can't I identify as a japanese you know (laughs) (laughs) sorry i I need you to take your shoes off i am living as a japanese yeah wash the doors those paper yeah i mean let's be real the top of your head it makes (laughs) i had to look this up it makes wearing a helmet more comfy and snug it's like what because like and i don't know why it took me 30 years to google this but i was like why do they shave the top of their head anyway so looked it up it's a thing for armor so the armor sits better and is more comfortable, and uh, then it just became a status symbol, which yeah. isn't, that's always how it goes, you know? I mean, because you'd shave it if you were like a samurai doing the full gear, right, exactly. and then it became a thing yeah. that, yeah, I shave it, but it's like, you've never worn armor, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like the people that buy the buy the military gear, but it, the stolen valor thing. All right. Oh, so, stolen valor. It's there's my one favorite. trivia we didn't get to, but I <gasps> gotta throw at you, and you mentioned it. Oh, you I mentioned did? it, but I want to I wanna go full circle on it. So, Daniel Day-Lewis was supposed to be in this movie. Yes. He was supposed to be in it. Obviously, it took a long time to get, so he did not do this movie. Liam Neeson slid in. Little did you know, Liam Neeson was supposed to play Abraham Lincoln 
in the 2012 film Lincoln by Spielberg. And uh, instead, Daniel Day-Lewis slunk into that role. So there you go. They did a little tradesies on a couple movies. I have two, two things about this. One. Do it. I want the movie where Liam Neeson plays Lincoln, but doesn't have an American accent. Yes. So just it's like this. Just, <laughs> it's like, we're all talking in the wrong accent anyway. We might as well just have you do your just native one. Irish Lincoln. Um, also, I like to imagine that the, you know, Scorsese approached him. He's like, I know this is going to take 30 years. But Daniel, we both know you need enough time to become a Jesuit priest, move to Japan, renounce your religion, and write some anti-Christianity literature to get into the role. Because Daniel Day-Lewis is a psychopath who yeah. would do something like that. He'd be like, I well, studied as a Jesuit you priest see for that, 13 um, years. Did you see that Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield went to a Jesuit like monastery or retreat thing for a week? Like a silent... <laughs> Like a silent Jesuit monastery that they went to, and I didn't see that. I wondered if they did. Yeah, they were there they in were silence spitting. for a whole week to kind of like get an idea of like the Jesuit deal and like I mean, the faith. They were stuff. spitting full Latin phrases, well, you know. And Andrew Garfield also, um, he played a Mormon police officer in that one from a, a year or two back too. So he's he did the Jesuit thing. He's done the Mormon thing. He's he's making his rounds. Oh, Mormon's the worst. Am we I just right? Just need to put him in as a Buddha in a movie, and then it'll be like that'll be good. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think so. I think maybe not. All right, which one did he no, play the worst? It. Was it Tick let's Tick Boom? Do it. The eyes let's of Tammy Faye. Show. Oh, that doesn't help me. Just came out a year or two ago. It's the Under the Banner of Heaven. That's the one. Oh, Detective Jeb Pyre. Oh, look at yeah. him. Oh, they did the. I am yeah, offended by his character look, yeah. by the way. You're not the only one. Um, <laughs> yeah, my friend, well, my cousin was telling me about it because she had seen it and she was a member of the church and isn't doing that, the church thing anymore. But she was like, yeah, a lot of it was like somewhat accurate. She's like, it's probably like, the dialogue's probably like 60% accurate, you know? You're like, oh, it's not too bad. That's my favorite. I mean, it's not great, but it's not too bad. But she was telling me some of the phrasings, and I was like, man, they really almost did their homework. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they've got the right words, but boy, howdy, does nobody, you know, would nobody phrase it like that. Can you imagine? So Can you imagine? For one second here. All right, no, no, let's back it up for a second. Because then it's like, oh, Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver. They went to a Jesuit monastery for a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine an actor rolling up to the MTC in Provo, Utah? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I'm studying for a role. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my goodness. Here's my question to you, Cody. That would be so Do they awesome. let them in? Do they let them in? Would no, they let because in? the sexual tension, the sexual frenzy they're going to throw the MTC into is just, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad for everyone involved, you know? <laughs> um okay let me let me go on a quick rant about martin okay. scorsese because okay. he's not my favorite director but he's a legendary director and he, he's you know obviously he's good he's done some really good stuff I've, i haven't seen all the stuff but i've seen a good you know eight or nine of his movies at this point and um let me tell you how they go and this is especially true i think of the ones that have come out in the last like 10 12 15 years 
they're all like this. They're so brutal. They're so long. And sometimes by the end of it, you're like, why'd you make me do that? Why'd you make me sit through this movie? What was the point of it? And uh, it's true of several of his films. I don't, here's my biggest problem with Scorsese is that he does not know how to be brief about anything. And like the later he gets in his career, the longer these movies get. And they are a ride, you know, like they go for a long while. This one's interesting, but I mean, did he have to make it so? It's about it. He just drags it out. He's like, hey, these people are in a bad spot or this person is a bad person. Let's watch it all play out for four hours. <laughs> like, hold on, four hours? And he's like, yes, four hours, right? Obviously, this movie isn't four hours long. It's two and a half hours. But uh, it's a rough one. A lot of his movies are about like, oh, this is a flawed character, right? And so you see kind of the the fun roller coaster of I'm getting away with it. And then the last two hours of the movie is like, anyway, here's a lot of consequences for two hours, you know? It's just weird. No one else does it quite like him, you know? Because even... Like, you talked about people not, like, understanding his work always, right? You know, Wolf of Wall Street, it's not about how it's cool to be a stockbroker. But it does try to communicate how cool stockbrokers think they are when they embezzle people out of money, you know? So, I don't remember where I was going with it, but I've seen several of his movies. And, like, The Irishman and Goodfellas and Killers of the Flower Moon. It's all, like, I mean, they're so long, dude. And, like... It signals to a lot of problems in the world and and everything, but boy, does he do it in the way that is like, I made it as long and grueling as I could. And in some ways, I respect it. In other ways, sometimes I want him to drop like a movie that's an hour and 40 minutes and pops on and off, you know? I will say, I've seen a lot of his movies. I still think, to this day, my favorite's Hugo. And it's the one family movie he did, and... uh it's one of his highest rated movies as well. So also it's very long for a child's movie, but it's a good one. It's a family movie and it's a goodie. So that's my thing on Martin Scorsese. You know, he does it long. He goes hard. I think that's why he did this movie. He's like, the Japanese went hard. What if I went hard? You know? Well, Cody, I mean, it says there in that trivia that you love so much that he went to Japan and he read this book and he said, this needs to be a movie. Sounds exactly like how what I've heard about Killers of the Flower Moon, too, which is the one that just came out he did. So he's like, I've been wanting to make this movie for 40 years. And you're like, dude, I don't know how you got someone to sign on to making this movie. And same with this one. This is a book that should not be a movie. You know what I'm like? This should not be a Hollywood movie, but kudos to him for doing it, you know? Did you happen to uh, take a peek at the, you know, like the box office and the budget and all that? Like, is that something that you... Uh... I know three people that have seen this movie. I have not checked out the box office or anything like that. Oh, Cody. Oh, my dear sweet boy. I'm just, I'm going to the IMDb just to try to get a second source on it. First off, you want to... By the way, they filmed it in Taiwan. I spotted that earlier. Is he talked to some... Uh, he Taiwan. talked to like Ang Lee or something like that. To, like, oh, in China. Yeah. He filmed it in China, you're saying? No. Well, yeah. In in China. <laughs> in China, yeah. Yeah, not like right. fake big China, real China, you know? Yeah. Taiwan. Exactly. The one real China. China, China yeah. Taiwan, yeah. Yes, China. Not the, you know, whatever they're doing over there, the mainland, you know? Mm-hmm. China sucks. Can we be real? <laughs> the people, you're cool people. You annoy me sometimes. Cody, are you, you know... Pff, 
Come here, Japan. Let's let's come together again for a second. Hold up, hold up. Is China the new Japan? Did we flip the script? We're, I'm Are gonna we, bond we go with full Japan circle? right now. Okay, I'm about to bond with Japan. I once had a phone call with a software developer in China fixing a problem where he congratulated himself for so long that the software broke again before he was done congratulating himself for fixing the problem. Yeah. And me and the other American on the phone call, actually, I said nothing. The other guy went, huh, that's weird. And then we just sat there while he just sweat and gave up. And then he threw it to the real Chinese in Taiwan to fix probably. I don't know. I don't know who ended up fixing it. All I know is it's a major industrial software platform that that got a patch because of this guy. Great work. I know. High fives all around. It's just interesting because like everything you said about Japan having no chill kind of applies to China now. (laughs) As far as like the Chinese government where they're like, you know, we're going to just... Yeah, so that's cool. Anyway, the budget um, of the movie. <laughs> you want to have a budget? Guess? I mean, uh, forty million. Oh, you fool! It's forty-six million. Oh, estimated. I mean, uh, as far as Wikipedia is concerned, forty to fifty. Yeah. As far as IMDb is concerned, What's the 46. box office. You want to hazard a guess? You want to throw one out? And there's no way this thing made any money. This thing was depressing AF. I mean, did it get? Did it make its money back? Or let's say forty-nine million dollars. Cody. I will remind you, hmm. this movie won an Oscar, right? Or was it nominated? It was nominated. nominated for an Oscar. It won six awards and got 57 different nominations. Just yeah. let that sink in. It was it was premiered to 400 Jesuit priests. I mean, if you're charging them 10 bucks a head, that's $4,000 right there. Yeah. It made $23 million. Told you I knew three people that saw this movie. It is a good movie. Um, oh, I had to look. This made me so mad. So I, I had to look up this, the phrase at the end. Because the end of the movie gives a little dedication. says, for the Japanese Christians and their pastors, ad majorum de gloriam. Which is a different language. Um, Latin. It is. <laughs> uh, what is it? Latin motto of the Society of Jesus. In the order Jesuits. of the Catholic Church. Which would be the, the Jesuits. Jesuits yeah. It means... For the greater glory of God. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of people kind of talk about how it's like an anti-whatever movie, you know, like where there's religion or faith or whatever. But like the end of the movie is saying, hey, all you Japanese Christians and pastors out there, this is for the greater glory of God. So which what's Martin Scorsese's deal, first of all? But second, that's cool. Yeah, there's like a whole thing. Uh, there's a phrase for the people in Japan and during this time called hidden Christians and the tradition carried on for a couple hundred years. And oh, yeah. uh, in the 1857, they de-outlawed Christianity and a lot of people were like, sweet, we're going to be part of the Catholic Church. And there's a lot of people that were like, nah, this underground hipster Christian thing we've been doing for 200 years actually suits us great. And so they do that, which is really interesting. Yeah, I do remember seeing like some stuff about like how shocking there the amount of actively practicing christians and i mean any non-officially sanctioned religion whenever they were like whatever you can be whatever you want was pretty shocking like to the establishment where they were like oh like even like government officials are like oh yeah no 
I'm whatever religion, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. So we didn't do this well at all. It's what I would have thought if I was them, you know? Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's interesting. I didn't think I didn't, I, at the end of the movie did not feel like this was an anti, uh, really not anti anything. I felt like it was just Mm. like a, a realistic depiction of it which one of the reasons okay i'll say one of the things i like about this movie is i feel like it is the only other place it feels like when you want to tell this kind of story you normally your options are limited to like all right we're going to tell the story from the apostles of jesus you know and like the early christians in mm-hmm. the roman empire mm-hmm. or like some groups of Protestants in Europe or the Mormons. And this feels like a way more interesting option there to show like a very persecuted group and give like a realistic depiction of, you know, what did these people have to go through for their faith and all that, which I think is, I mean, it's an interesting story. There's lots of very powerful movies that have been made. I'm sure he would have wanted this movie to be, you know, like a, a Ben Hur or any of those like, Ten Commandments or the big old. Yeah, but he didn't do uh, any action scenes, so there's no yeah. shot, you know? There's right. no chance. And you know, no he didn't have races. shiny Charlton Heston. He had had a exactly. shiny. His shirtless people were not dirty shiny. and matte colored mm. for the people. No one was glistening and shiny. It's you all foggy. Sh- there's no sunlight. I mean, come on. What if you, you don't have Shine dedicated oil people on staff, it's not going to work. <laughs> Just a slippery, slippery man. He's got Let's oil do a all over remake. His hands. <laughs> Let's do a remake. Uh, Rod, Roberta, what's his name? Rodriguez. Kevin Robert Rodriguez. No, um, it is Rodriguez. That's the Andrew Garfield's character. Oh, the character, we cast yeah. him as you guessed it, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> but then it turns into an action movie when he gets captured. He's like, yeah. no, it's a prison break movie now. I'm breaking out the prisoners. I'm gonna get a samurai sword. I'm gonna start fighting. Well, it's got to be Shogun's. like they keep trying to kill him, but they can't because he's so muscular and so faithful, you know, <laughs> like a so, Samson thing. But exactly. Let's That's put cool. him in another wig. We all loved him. <laughs> Garupe, keep oh, him as Adam Driver, man. but big boy. Garupe. Adam Driver. Oh, Garupe drowned. That was so sad. It was very like, sad. The, he pops in and he's like, no, no. Oh. And how about the translator guy being like, there's plenty of time to talk to him. And then he dies. It's like, he lied. I wanted to hear them talk to each other. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the movie. It is grueling to watch. It was really impressive. I thought the lighting was beautiful. The scenery is beautiful. Mm. It was a daylight kind of production. It was daylight or candlelight were kind of the two ways they used to light the movie. And it did was nominated for an Oscar. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, man, I was gonna say something else. Oh, it's too bad. It's a good one, but it is grueling. I mean, it's cool that Scorsese made this movie. Like, nobody touches this kind of stuff. It's not profitable, but it is fascinating from a faith perspective and from a history perspective. Like, really interesting story. I don't know. I mean,. I felt it was a very spiritual movie. It was really interesting. I had a friend, well, Rob said this. Like Hollywood Rob was like, I just wish someone, you know, he's talking about how, like, if someone wants to make a religious movie, they need to find a way to communicate, like, through cinema 
what a spiritual experience is like and it's hard to do mm-hmm. you know because like some people feel the holy spirit a certain way but how do you communicate that on screen you know and this movie has done as good of any i've seen in those moments where it is like when he sits there and like sees that portrait of christ and hears its voice you're like you know this is about as good as anyone has done and it's really cool that a director who has won academy awards and is like legendary has decided to do this story you know so i mean in that regard really interesting film boy is it a tough watch that you buckle up i'm surprised you made it through it you know because i didn't did you know what you were getting into i mean i had an idea because i've been wanting to watch this movie since it came out and yeah. i initially thought it was one thing kind of looked more into it found out like what it actually was and i still was interested you know because i remember i enjoyed lost city of zed and like those kinds yeah. of slow plotting movies that aren't even yeah. like anything. They're just a realistic depiction of an event that happened in history. You yeah. know, like you could have taken all of the explosions out of 1917 and just had it be like a slow, boring walk across no man's land. And I would have been like this, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I w- did want to mention, I was really impressed as grueling as it was to watch the torture scenes. It was really impressive the way they were able to show what they showed. Like, I mean, didn't they just pour hot water on those people because their skin turned red and like, you know, like what? Oh, I get yeah. some of these effects done. You know? I'm sure. Yeah, it was just hot water. Right. Because it's like, yeah, you just do that. And then you cut a wake up back and they you just have their skin red from the hot water. And then you put some blisters yeah. on, them, you know? Ugh. I mean, in reality, so that sad. water I mean, is boiling. They showed so many ways to torture people and Look. so creative. But like going back to the spirituality thing, there was also like, right, the one guy who sings a hymn while he's being drowned on a cross in the ocean, you know, mm-hmm. and like everyone watching, you know, it's like it was heart wrenching, but also like spiritual in its own way. Like, I don't know, people who choose to like embrace their faith in those moments. It's a powerful thing and Which, you know, good for them for doing it. I mean, that's part of like my appreciation for it, right? Is that like you're saying, you know, it's like, oh, that's so cool. But I feel like so often that happens, but it's like, yeah, somebody they do it and it's like, oh, and then everything's fine. But it's like, no, no, this was people really got crucified at high tide and and, and like sing their him. family and friends like watched and also yeah. had to deal with that trauma after, you know, like. We yeah. sit here and watch all these Hollywood stylized movies and it's violence, but it's, you know, we know that it's fake and it's for kicks and giggles, but like seeing real torture, real violence in person is like, it's harrowing, you know, it's, it's a terrible thing to, it's a terrible burden to carry. And I think the movie treats it with a lot of respect and, you know, it was really interesting to see people deal with that. Yeah. And like, especially because like this period, time period is, you know, in the brutal period of the beginning of that Edo period. Because like I said, like the Edo period is kind of known at its height as like a very peaceful, a lot of focus on arts and culture and all that. But this is like when they're transitioning into that, into this super isolationist where it's like, oh, well, you know, some people kind of got got (laughs) during that The Shogun warfare stuff is just crazy. Like... I don't know. Japan's come a long way. It's a very different place. But you know now, what they but... still got? You know what? That emperor, though, he's still kicking. Okay. He's in here. He's got it going. 
let's, you know, they don't talk about him, but that guy, talk about a guy who knows how to keep his job. That that whole line. They, they still have an emperor? Yeah, dude. I thought they were, I thought Imperial no, Japan sir. was like, he's there. Out. Nope, he's still he do? there. He's the head of the country. I mean, he's just like the, the he's just like King Charles or any real monarch nowadays for the most part. When are we gonna topple these people? You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe it's just like the bleeding American heart of mine, but like, let's topple the monarchy, you know? Let's just well, do it. I do. So here's where I'll come in. I mean, this is way later, but I mean, there was a desire after World War II, obviously America going in, let's be real, kicking their teeth in and like, we're going to remove the emperor. And Japan was like, but we'll be sad if you do. And then the people that make the decisions at the time were like, all right, we'll let you keep your emperor, but he's got to give up like the few remaining powers he's got. So I think now he's mm. basically, you know, he's like anything, any other guy. Right. But I, like I the thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, Oh, he went gone after world war two. And it's like, no, sir. He's still That's there. Wild. Well, this one goes out to emperor Japan guy, you know, um, don't look, I'll look up his name while you, while you start wrapping nah. it up. You know, we got to give, give him the respect. We've got to do some ratings. And we've got to boot up the device, you know? So that's what we have to do. This is a tough movie to rate for me because I think there's a lot of good in it. I don't think it's quite a perfect film, but I think it's a very unique film. And while I do like it, it is grueling. So, you know, in the math of my head of how good a movie is versus how much I liked it, I'm struggling to know what to rate this one. I'm going to need to hear what you're what you're going to give it, you know? That's what I need. First, you know, just shout out to Emperor... Naruhito nailed it. All right. And Empress Masako. There's not a girl one, too. Oh, I mean, it's his wife. <laughs> there's two. Yeah, there's two of them. A dyad. A dyad. <laughs> Tyler, what are you going to rate this movie? I, I've been going back and forth, right? I think this is a beautiful movie. I like historical movies. I think this is a movie that I'm not surprised that it didn't make its money back. I'm kind of shocked it got made for the budget it did. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going, I think I'm going to go an A minus where I think it's a really well done movie. It's just rough, you know? Yeah, I, I'm right around there too. I don't know. I really enjoyed the theology of it more. This it was so grueling though. Uh, what are we going to do here? I'll give, I'll give it a B plus. I'll give it a B plus. It is very good. But boy, howdy, are you in for a ride and a half, you know? Oh, yeah. Tyler, I mean, it's don't. This isn't I mean, something my to son bust liked out it. He watched, he watched the last hour of it. He seemed to enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, he, I don't think he speaks English or watched mo- much of it. But like for a movie to roll around on the floor to as a soundtrack, he, he liked it. Tiffany came in for the last 20 minutes and she's like, and you thought I wouldn't like it. I was like, yeah, but you missed a whole I movie the first and a half. 30 seconds. <laughs> it like starts with them like, all right, we're going to pour some hot water on these people. Tiffany's also a crazy person. I was like, are they going to burn some people? Like she was going to do laundry. And I was like, they're going to burn mm-hmm. some people alive. Don't you want to see that? She was like, no. And then she turns out she did. So I don't know what she <laughs> wants from me now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What does the device have going for us? Are you ready? I mean, it's right here. I got it. I no. got it. Are you ready? I'm going to divine yeah. the divine film. Up. 
Damn. The French Connection. Oh, another old one. This is the one you're going to like because it's old. Stop picking movies that are in black and white and in other languages, Cody. I mean, I don't know. You don't know what it is. I don't even know what it is. I just know people know what it is. Can I read the the little blurb on IMDb as I normally do? A pair of NYPD detectives in the Narcotics Bureau stumble upon a heroin smuggling ring based in Marcellus, Marcellus, but stopping them and capturing their leaders proves an elusive goal. Here's the thing. If this place existed around Baston, which is, you know, the rough region of the country where I live, this would be merciless. Um, But it is Marcellus, I think. Marcellus Wallace? Yeah. Probably. See, when I do it, it's a city in France, so it's like Marseille, right you know and it's uh yeah, yeah, cody yeah. just tell me oh there is a place in boston <laughs> so dumb cody <sighs> you thought it wasn't real but it's real you thought it wasn't a real place and now you're excited excited to see it it's a restaurant in, in new york it looks like i don't know uh-huh. mm. <sighs> well it's gonna be a good one i'm sure you'll love it yeah. Tyler, just want to say thanks. You know, thanks to everyone who listens. Thanks to everyone who follows us, subscribes us, worships us. And, you know, until next time, watch movies and have opinions. Don't worship us. That's the point. You don't, don't do it. But no. because we're telling you not to, if I've learned anything from today, it's that someone's going to make that religion. You know, don't do it. it don't just, do it. But when you do do it, you know, just be nice about it. When you do no it, I persecuting. Want, I want my statue bigger than the big one in China. That's Buddha. I want bigger. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's not much better than seeing a big Buddha. Like the big ones, you know. I mean, like but it's the, not big Buddha. It's skinny Buddha, but he's big. But big. But he's big. Very heavy. As long as he's big, I don't I don't mind. He's too big. He's big. Too big. But I want bigger. I want to be behind him, like with my arms out, How like big? I'm about to get him. Oh no. How big? How but big? you're like, is he gonna hug him? Is he gonna love him? They've, got, do? they've got a great one in Nelson Atkins. It's like I mean it's, it's a good like twenty feet tall, probably. Oh, do you just good. Dox and I get yourself. it, right? It's I'm sure yours is bigger, but I'm just saying I've seen a big one and I was like, this is pretty good. It's pretty cool. Look, I, you know, I'm trying to look up the biggest one. Oh, see, it's tallest statue uh, is over four kilometers from the whatever the temple. It doesn't say how big it is. It's not even the one. It is from a place. Uh, it's not. It's too much. You know. Never mind. It, it may not like even this be is a Buddha record we can point. break. If no one's out here bragging about it, I think this is we got this in the bag. <sighs> what if it's not Buddha, the statue that I'm thinking of? You know. Here's the thing. There's big Buddha statues. Just, you know, make me a bigger one. I'm already fat. Just roll with that, you know? <laughs> yeah, but what if what if they make you skinny in the religion? <gasps> so all my big statues are, are big fat me and all the little ones in the restaurants? Mm-hmm. All the barbecue restaurants. That's why I want to be in all the barbecue <laughs> restaurants. They're skinny me. <laughs> yeah.
There you go. But can you have a waving arm like the lucky cat? All right, cat? it is going as long as another one. <laughs> can you have the dude. waving arm like the lucky cat, though? You yeah. know that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, all right. Get out of here. <laughs> another podcast. Get out of here. <laughs>